For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And some of the things you talk about, I got a note from a listener. I, I plugged your appearance on Facebook. The listener says this. One of Jesse's slogans is Athens for everyone. That's not just a slogan. That's an organization with which you have aligned yourselves over these you and Tim Denson uh, getting that group off the ground, activist organization. Uh, listener asks this, and so I'll let this be the first question. Does that include Trump voting, church going, pro-capitalism, conservatives like myself? So ask a listener. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, when we talk about an Athens for everyone, we're talking about an Athens that works for everybody who lives here. And when we talk about how to build that, I often talk about kind of my five points of outreach, and the second one of them is to work with rather than for. And when I think about who to work with first, it's the people who are most left out of the conversation already. It's the people who are struggling the most. So we have this 38% poverty rate that you've heard people talk about for a long time, and that's matched with one of the highest wealth inequality rates of any county in the nation. And when I think of how to build an Athens that works for everyone, I tend to think of the folks who are struggling economically first. I tend to think of the folks who have struggled against discrimination and marginalization first as who to work with so that we can all be involved in community together. Uh, and in my opinion, that absolutely includes everybody who lives here being a part of that dialogue. All so, right, let's, let's start with that 38% poverty rate. <clears throat> what's the commission supposed to do? What's the government role? I always ask that question this way. Are we trying to make the people who are in poverty more comfortable in it, or are we trying to lift them out of it? Well, I, I, mean, I guess it's closer to the latter of lift them out. I also think that this is mostly about giving people agency in their own lives. And part of that is giving people access to jobs that actually pay a living wage and also building an economy that works for everyone so that people are earning enough in their workplace, as well as affordable housing and things like that. Define so, living wage for me. Well, in Clark County, it's defined by the MIT living wage calculator as 11.60 an hour. So I think that'd be a good place to start. And I'm really happy that one of the victories we've had over the past few years is winning that for Clark County employees who work for the local government. You understand all the arguments, right? You've heard them all, right? Okay, uh, you make me pay fight for 15. You make me pay some guy 15 bucks an hour. Okay, he ain't worth 15 bucks an hour to me. I'm probably not going to hire him. That's a job that won't be created or a job that will be cut. You, you're understanding how those arguments are made. Yeah, I wish that I heard more of an argument of what we like to call the uh, invisible paycheck deduction. And it's the people who own these very large corporations walking away with the majority of the profits, and that is the, the workers' share of their labor. And so well, the workers' share is the wage, right? I mean, it's what I've agreed to work for. It depends. When we talk about agreements in society, I think it's important to consider how much agency we have when we're making those agreements. So what I think is interesting in Clark County I mean, is I don't have, like uh, what my employer is paying me. I'll turn off the microphone and walk out the door. <laughs> Sure. Uh, if you have the agency to go somewhere else, that's a really great option. I think in athens Clark County, you know, we have this below average unemployment rate. So what we have in, in Clark County well below. is, yeah, um, which means lots of people here are working, and yet we have this high poverty rate. And what that says to me is that lots of people are working, but they're not getting paid enough. And so I think we need to be thinking about how to transform an economy. Do you where buy the argument that UGA is, is suppressing wages? 
Suppressing is an interesting word. Uh, I do believe that UGA could afford to pay more um, when we think of how some people at the university are making six figures while other people are still making under 10 bucks an hour. Um, I think there's a lot of rebalancing that can occur there. Does the commission have a role to play in that? Well, the commission does not oversee the University of Georgia. I'm really excited that the commission has been able to be a model by saying, well, we're going to set our wage floor as a living wage. I also think that the commission has a role in advocating on behalf of the people who live and work here. And so when we're having a seat at the table with the University of Georgia representatives or the hospitals or any other big businesses or small businesses, that we're working with them to help incentivize them building a living wage and helping them understand how to have more democracy in the workplace, better working conditions, and higher wages. Jesse Hull, candidate for the District 6 seat on the Athens-Clark County Commission. This is one of those things I quote-unquote saw someplace, uh, and if this is not your position, then then call me out on it and point out the correctness of your position. But I saw someplace, and this was attributed to you, uh, the idea of a, a, a component of our police force uh, that would not be armed, that would rush in to de-escalate situations of tension. Is that something that you're thinking about? Yeah, so the way I've worded it on the platform in summary is rethinking policing as social work. And, um, you know, I have a kind of a social work background here. And um, we have these things in Clark County already called crisis intervention response units. There's this officer, he goes by his first name, Officer Robbie. He prides himself on never having pulled his gun out, never having arrested anyone. Yeah, most cops don't pull their guns, except that, on the range. That's 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 true. Uh, and I think what we'd like to do is find a way to have fewer doing so. You know, we did have those six police shootings, fat- fatal police shootings last year in Clark County. And every one of those deemed a justifiable use of force. Indeed, that's how they were officially deemed. Um, Are there the any that you would have objections to in the um, way that the law enforcement handled the situation? To me, it's more about creating situations that are healthier for everyone involved before it comes to the point where we see officers pulling their guns from the holster. And that's where I think... But doesn't that involve the other person? It does. I think it also involves the way that the people who arrive on the scene as a first responder um, respond and what tools they're equipped with. So sometimes that means having more folks arriving on the scene so that you're not just one-on-one with someone who may be armed or may be in an unstable place. Uh, and it also means equipping the folks who do arrive with the tools to understand how to engage with folks who are struggling with mental illness. How do you engage with someone who's pointing a shotgun at you? So that one's a bit more tricky. I think a lot or of... Or one who's holding a knife at your throat. Yeah, I saw the, the video of the woman who is about you know, 40, 50, 50 feet away with, with a knife in her hand and is, is shot to death. And I think, well... There are probably a lot of ways that that situation could have been handled where she'd still be here today, hopefully getting health care that she needs um, rather than being buried. And I don't think it's productive to blame the individuals in these situations. I think it's more productive to think how can we build a context where people have the opportunity to thrive and when they're not thriving, survive at the very least. Uh, Jesse Hull, candidate for a seat on the Athens-Clark County Commission uh, in studio with us this morning. First of all, we'll get back into some of your other platform issues here, but you're asking the voters, assuming again a re-election run from Commissioner Neesmith, that fire him, hire me. Why fire him? <laughs> well, uh, I think that Jerry and I differ a little bit on on how to govern uh, and what the priorities need to be. Um, There's a lot of things we do agree on, but some of the contrast I think involves my view that we need to take government out of City Hall 
and make it more a community process that happens in our neighborhoods um, and really uh, sharing that It looks to me like the community out. comes to City Hall on a lot of Tuesday nights. There is a fair amount of that. There's also a lot of folks who can't make it there, and I think there's also lots of ways that we can empower community members to make more decisions on their own in their lives and together as a community moving forward. So when we have things like community advisory boards, that we empower them with decision-making power and not merely putting them in an advisory capacity to another body. And um, I also think that there are certain areas of focus where we need a vision for what can happen down the road and then plug our decisions day to day, week to week, month to month into that vision instead of just reacting to what comes to us. And so a suite of housing policies, for example, to have more affordable housing in Athens would be a great example, uh, economic policy being another one, and um, environmental protections. Generally, I can say that I think Jerry and I agree on a lot of the things about what needs to happen, that people do deserve higher wages, that we do need environmental sustainability, that we do need housing that folks can afford. But how we go about that, I think, is where the difference is. Talk that, that affordable housing thing. Uh, the, the commission, the SPLOST that, vote, that we approved, uh, we, I didn't, but the rest of y'all <laughs> voted for it, uh, with a, a ton of money for so-called affordable housing. I, I don't know, I, again, I don't know that I understand the commission role there. What's your vision of what it should be? Well, there's a number of policies, essentially, and I'm still learning as I go here, but there's a lot of things that we can pursue that are happening elsewhere in Georgia or being explored elsewhere in Georgia that we're not doing yet here. Land banking is a great example. An anti-displacement fund would be another one. Um, different um, amendments to our zoning and planning ordinances so that when developments come in, affordable housing is more of a component of them. And when it comes to more creative ideas like land banking, that the county has more influence over what development can look like so that we're ensuring that you know, all these student high-rises that we see going up around downtown and now even further outside of town, these, these more luxury apartment buildings, that there's also housing being built that people can afford. Uh, Jesse, who will candidate for a seat on the Athens-Clark County Commission, uh, reading from the, uh, the, the campaign literature here, you're pledging action on racial justice with equity built into every policy, restitutions for black Athenians, hello, Linentown, and uh, strong mm -hmm. anti-discrimination legislation. Now, the the Linentown thing, which has suddenly exploded. Uh, into the local consciousness over the last few weeks. I had a big crowd at the commission meeting a week or so ago. A lot of folks who probably have in the Google Linen Town right now to mm -hmm. even know what we're talking about here. Uh, why now? Linen Town, if you want to Google it, L-I-N-N-E-N -N -E -N, Town, one word. Um, well, you know, it's interesting you said enter the consciousness. I think a lot of the residents who have led this whole thing, and I think it's been at the fore of their consciousness since it happened to them in the mid-60s. So this was um, urban Renewal was the name of the project. It was happening all over the country and local governments, sometimes in, in conjunction with other entities. In this case, it was the Athens city government before unification, mm -hmm. uh, working with the University of Georgia. And they devalued the homes of black folks and drove them out and bulldozed, burned down their, their neighborhoods and replaced them with whatever developments they wanted to build. They would designate them as quote unquote slums. And you listen to these folks tell their stories of how they were essentially terrorized, how they were, how dirt was being piled on their houses while they were inside, how white families that were bought out were paid $50,000 for their homes and black families were paid 1500 And all this was erased from the record. Uh, but, you know, we have these archives. And so some scholars have dug through those archives to help these residents um, have the documentation to tell that their story that they've lived. And uh, I'm very excited about the possibility of the community and the local government really being able to get behind black Athenians who have lived through some of the, the worst, most shameful 
parts of our history to find a way forward toward restitution and toward healing. Uh, what does that do? And I'm, I'm thinking now of, of specific communities that exist in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a place last last summer, last year, the mail service wouldn't go into this particular place because they were worried about being shot. Had to get police escorts to deliver the mail into this specific community in Athens. Uh, crime-ridden, all kind of crime here, uh, all kind of concerns about public safety. How does helping anyone, restitution or otherwise, from something that happened 50, 60 years ago, what does that have to do with improving the quality of lives in these communities in the here and now? Well, there's a lot built into that question, but I, I guess what I would say is when we when we see these spikes in crime or we see neighborhoods that people think of as becoming more dangerous to live or more unstable, um, usually what that is is the result, again, of a context where people are struggling. And when people are struggling and they don't have access to the mental health resources they need, when people are struggling and they don't have economic resources that they need, they turn to other means um, or they are stuck in a situation where they don't have means. And I think that one of the most important things we can do to build equity and equality here in Clark County is recognize the history and the role that that history plays in the reality that we're living in today. So when we talk about the poverty rate or the incarceration rate and how it is so disproportionately affecting black people and people of color in this community, Part of the story that needs to be told and that we need to be telling to each other and especially that we need to be listening to from people who have lived through this is the story of how the oppression that's been targeting black people for decades, centuries since colonialism in this country is still playing out today. And if we recognize that history, we can then build healing from it. But I believe the story needs to be told first. So Linentown, I think, is this wonderful gift where we have people who are willing to kind of relive the trauma they went through to tell their story and for us to be able to listen and work with them and talk with them about what healing looks like for them I think can have a powerful ripple effect not only for them but for other people who are living in a reality that stems from that same kind of history. Jesse Hull, Athens Clark County Commission candidate. Uh, your friend and, and now Commissioner Tim Denson running on this and still talking about it you are too. Fare free expanded bus service. I always mm-hmm. say this about that. Uh, it ain't free. We're arguing about who pays for it. Indeed. Uh, so I think it's, I'd, I'd hope that it's becoming less of an argument. We've, uh, we've gotten it now for youth and for seniors in this county. So it's really just a, a matter of universalizing it so that everyone here has no, access. But again, somebody's paying for it because you know, we got to put the gas in the bus and pay the driver. Sure. So I think that uh, we should be paying for it much the same way that the University of Georgia system pays for it, where you know, everyone pays in up front and then everyone has free access after that on a year-to-year basis. The general fund would fund the transit system. And what's interesting is when we look at the, the budget, it's kind of a drop in the bucket at this point, what's left. Actually, a lot of the money that's counted as income is circuitously routed through a series of services that are subsidized by the county and state government anyway. So it's it's a fairly small amount of money remaining needed to make the existing transit system fare-free when, when people enter the bus. And I think what we'll see is a lot of increase in ridership as well as a lot more accessibility for folks who struggle. You know, um, 
where I work over at Nucci Space, very frequently people come in asking if we might have a buck 75 for them to get on the bus outside. And those are usually the folks who need it. So, you know, part of this is helping people meet their needs so we can address poverty and inequality. And part of it also is to make a system where, you know, yeah, the taxpayers are already paying into that. So why not benefit from being able to have access to it for free as well, no matter who you are? About a minute. I'll give you about a minute and a half here. Uh, Green New Deal for Athens. We were talking earlier this morning with uh, Sustainability mm -hmm. Officer Andrew Saunders from the athens Clark County Government. The commission is committed to 100 uh, percent renewables uh, as far as government use of energy is concerned and, and aiming for that down the road aspirationally maybe for the rest of the community. What would you add to that conversation? Well, the biggest thing is to support that resolution in the form of ordinances and policies that have teeth. I think that's a really, really encouraging resolution, but right now it is just a piece of paper, so it's going to take political will to see that through. And when we're talking about what a Green New Deal might look like in Athens, of course, that's a, a increasingly popular federal policy that I'm really excited about. And we can't do a lot of those things as a local government with our limited scope, but we can do things in line with that concept. And basically that concept is let's build sustainable infrastructure. And while we're doing that, we're paying people a living wage and we're focusing on equity and where we build that infrastructure. You really think it's popular nationally? I mean, we're talking about eliminating cheeseburgers, not flying mm -hmm. in airplanes, rebuilding every building ever constructed. That doesn't sound particularly realistic and it certainly sounds expensive. I don't know if I would describe the Green New Deal well, I just, as quite those the way are the, those you are just the planks had, in her platform. That, that's, um, that's stuff that are she you was referring about. to Alexandria sure. Ocasio Cortez? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've actually been a fan of the Green New Deal since Jill Stein put it out when she ran for president for the Green Party. Um, I remember printing out copies and circulating it around <laughs> for people to read. To me, it's the marriage of we have this climate crisis. You know, we're seeing the weather changing here and getting more and more erratic, and that's affecting everything from agriculture to housing. Uh, globally. And at the same time, uh, we have this economic crisis and the Green New Deal is addressing the two at the same time by saying, let's have this, these public works projects that have been proven. You know, it's based on this idea that the New Deal under FDR worked so well to uh, give people meaningful work that we're still living in, under, you know, bearing the fruits of their labor today. Well, the flip side and of that argument is that it kept us in the depression longer. Another discussion, though, for another day <laughs> as I'm up against it here. Jesse, that's J-E-S-S-E, -S -S -E, jesseforanthens.com mm -hmm. is the website, jesseforanthens at gmail if you want to reach out. Jesse Hool, uh, again, I'm botching that name. Jesse... Uh, I think you got it right there. Jesse Hool. Hool. Yeah. Jesse Hool, yeah. uh, candidate for a seat on the Athens Clark County Commission District 6. Thanks for rolling out here this morning. Good luck on yeah. the campaign for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.